Okay. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, joining you here on a Monday. And holy cow, are we ever close to the Christmas break? Uh, the countdown is on. We're into the last week. And man, can't wait. Holy cow. Jeez, uh, it's hard to go to work right now. Uh, it's hard to put in the days uh, when you know that holidays looming, looming, looming. But uh, anyway, we had a Awesome weekend, so much sports. Uh, we're gonna have a really fun time chatting uh, sports with Jason Cameron. Thanks, buddy, uh, for doing this. Uh, how are you feeling going into this last week? I feel good, anxious. I, you know what? I just want to get this week over with. I'm gonna be honest. I just want to get this week over with, and and I look forward to sleeping in for many days in a row. <laughs> before we have to go back it's like that that's actually what i'm looking for i'm looking forward to that and also food <laughs> yeah food. always that's a good that. thing yeah <laughs> yeah two things that uh i'm looking forward to too it's gonna be great um yeah so uh how was your weekend uh did you get get up to very much did you watch a lot of sports um weekend was good uh Watched some basketball on Friday night and then uh, was over at, at a mutual friend's place to watch the fights. Nice. Uh, our friend Keith, uh, he was uh, he was gracious enough to have me over at his place. Cooked a great dinner. Ugh, Maui ribs. Wow. So good. Oh, right. I, was, I was over the moon over that. And uh, we watched a, a good night of fights. Good night of fights. Oh, cool. Yeah, good. Yeah, my weekend was uh, sports, 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 and more sports, but it did kick off on Friday with Kevin Hart, and uh-huh. uh, that was a great show. Um, he brought his Plastic Cup boys there, and they were the uh, opening act. Uh, they had a lot of hilarious takes on life in the world, and, and then Kevin Hart came on. Um, they were pretty late, though, and uh, on a Friday after – Putting in 60 hours a week, uh, man, he started getting pretty tired. Uh, the guy came on, their um, their guy Joey Wells was uh, sort of the MC host guy, and he said, hey, I got to apologize to you guys for coming on about an hour late when, later than we were supposed to. And he said, hey, hey, actually, hang on. I'm only going to apologize to the 45 and over crowd. All you young ones don't give a shit. If, if it starts <laughs> at midnight, you'll still be here partying, having fun. But, you know, a lot of the older crowd that are coming here probably like, holy crap, this is getting close to my bedtime. What the hell's <laughs> going on? Uh, so, but he said, hey, it's Saturday. You guys can sleep in, you know, you can have your weekend ahead and go at it. But uh, there was times where I was fading a little bit during uh, the performance. And I hate that. I, I'm, the, yeah. I'm the worst at falling asleep in movies, games, shows. Uh, it, it, it really started bugging me and, uh, yeah, that was the only drawback I had of the whole night. Uh, that, that's, that's too bad that they were delayed because yeah. I understand, I get it. Um, you know, you put in that much time during the week at work. You want things to be on time if you're going out after. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You said you saw him twice already before when he came through town before. Yes, I have seen him twice. I saw him the first time that he's ever been in Vancouver, and uh, he was fantastic. Well, he was fantastic both times. Nice. He was absolutely fantastic, stellar. 
um, the guys that came on, like his crew that came on before and the host, uh, they did a great job. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I'm super glad we went. Um, it was it was a fantastic, fun night. And um, yeah, we couldn't have asked for better. Um, and then Saturday, wow, uh, what a busy weekend of sports I had. I, I got up early and I watched the World Cup. I went downtown and I met a friend of ours, Joe Hinks. Uh, him and all his English boys were down supporting England in the World Cup game against France. Uh, they took over a huge section of the Shark Club. And they started chanting and singing and dancing and and partying and it was it was awesome, man. It was a blast there. I'm so glad I I made the journey down into town early in the morning to go. Um, I got a little video that shows you uh, the festivities when England scored. Harry Kane stepped up to the penalty spot and uh, scored a goal for them. Uh, it was pretty sweet. Uh, check this out. Okay. Super fun times of uh, quite the blast. Um, we yeah, we we're partying and celebrating. Uh, unfortunately, England did lose two to one to France in the end. Uh, Harry Kane had a second penalty kick opportunity in the game that he blasted way over the crossbar. And oh man, I'm, I feel so sorry for the guy because he was their best player. He scored their only goal. He had a uh, few opportunities to score and was really pressing and. And, uh, man, uh, that one shot, if he would have got that, uh, we would, I, I think it would have went into extra time and good chance, uh, England was going to win. They, they were the better squad, uh, France scored on really their two best and biggest opportunities. And, but, um, yeah, that's the way soccer works and, uh, it was too bad, but man, we had, we had a blast down there. It was super fun. What time were you there? What time was the game on at? Uh, the game actually started at eleven, so you know, ten oh, something. Okay. I was there. Yeah, not not the early, early ones that were, you know, some of this World Cup, but uh, yeah, a reasonable time. Okay, cool. Because I'm like, it looks like it's light out, so that's not five in the morning. So that's cool. That's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah no, there's been some bars I've been to during this World Cup run where the sun was not up yet. And- <laughs> No. trying to get into the festivities but uh it was it was a reasonable hour anyway and uh yeah as soon as i left the world cup i got invited to a fencing world cup event down at the 
uh, convention center, went down there and absolutely had an amazing time watching the best fencers in the world. Uh, a friend of mine is a fencer. He represented Canada all over the world, uh, went to the Olympics uh, on behalf of Canada, and uh, has invited me to these events uh, before. And uh, I decided to take him up on the offer on Saturday, and I'm really glad I did. Uh, we had some Canadians competing, and they did really well. And it was fun. It was uh, a really, really cool afternoon. Oh, that's that's awesome. And that's uh, it, it's unique to go yeah. and see like a fencing competition because I know I've never seen one of those before. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was something very unique and fun. And usually they have it at the Richmond Oval. Uh, I've been there before for the event, but um, they, some reason uh, they couldn't hold it at the Oval this time down at the convention center. Uh, still really great. A uh, lot of fun. And it was uh, good to watch with somebody that really knows the sport super well. You could, Give me a lot of ins inside information, who to watch for, what to look for. And, uh, yeah, it was very fun when the Canadians were doing well. Uh, the crowd was really behind them. And, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I'm glad we went. And then off to the UFC. Uh, so I had soccer, fencing, and fighting uh, all on the Saturday. Uh, tons of sports were on all the TVs around. But um, really looking forward to this UFC 282. and. And what an event that turned out to be. A lot of great fights on it. And can't wait to uh, cover that with you. Uh, some controversy. Some uh, guys that uh, had some very uh, significant wins. But, um, yeah, it was a fun event. Uh, you must have enjoyed the card. Yeah, I, I did. I did. And, and like you said, there was definitely some controversy there. Uh, some questionable judging, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I look forward to breaking that down later on. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, the World Cup is coming to a close this week. Uh, there'll be games on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday, Sunday. And uh, looking forward to some of the amazing action. Uh, it's pretty shocking uh, that Morocco's uh, made it all the way. They are the Cinderella team of this World Cup. Uh, they're facing France. Uh, so they're in tough with them. And then Argentina, Croatia should be great. Uh, I've seen some games at the Croatian Cultural Center during this um, World Cup, and oh man, do they ever know how to celebrate and party? It's incredible. Uh, you've been to the Croatian Cultural Center before on commercial, have you? Long time ago. I, yeah. I've only been there the one time, but yeah, I, I've been there. It's uh, it's a very good venue, especially yeah. for soccer. Yeah, it's super neat and fun, and uh, yeah, I'm hoping to get a chance to go down there this week, but. Um, into our last week of work. So, um, yeah, let's do it. But uh, week 14 of the NFL, uh, tons tons going on. Um, there was a, uh, a big signing by the Dallas Cowboys today. They signed their wide receiver they've been looking forward to. Uh, did you hear the news? T.Y. Hilton? Yeah, T.Y. Hilton. They got him. Yeah. Uh, not OBJ, T.Y.H. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's their sort of backup plan. I heard OBJ when he came in and did these walkthroughs and did these meet and greets, uh, he kind of divulged that he wasn't 100% over his knee injury yet. Yep. And uh, so a lot of teams are still like, yeah, uh, yeah maybe we'll uh, hold off. Uh, serious knee injury, he suffered during the Super Bowl, and, and it was only in February, so it's just not quite 100% yet. 
Well, and also too, he he did mention that he he wants to be available just for the playoffs, anyways. So right. basically, what he's also saying is, I want to play for a playoff bound team. Sure, a team that actually has a chance, right? So yeah. I get it. I understand what he's doing, but at the same time, I understand why teams are like, well, if he's not over the knee injury yet, eh, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, it seems strange, though. You'd want a guy that uh, could get himself back into game shape, you know, yeah. get get ready, used to the scheme, you know, get uh, you know, figured out the the, the personnel that you got to play into. So I don't know. We'll see if he comes back or not, if they somebody signs him. But T.Y. Hilton, a great, great move by the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. uh, get a 10-year veteran. He's uh, He spent uh, many seasons uh, with – well, he spent his whole career with Indy. Uh, led the league in pass catching in 2016 with 1,500 yards. He's had five 1,000-yard-plus 1, receiving seasons. And, um, yeah, he's a sure-handed receiver that uh, really could be that another weapon to uh, open up the field for them. No, that was a great signing. Great signing by them. And also, too, he's healthy. <laughs> Most importantly, he's healthy. So Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. they uh, they The Cowboys lost a – prominent uh tackle um today and uh said that uh he's done for the season uh, we'll talk about that when we get to the cowboys game um there was a lot of injuries in this monday night or tonight so far already yeah uh, not good yeah. i couldn't believe how many guys went down early with injuries uh kyler murray third mm. play of the game uh just fell without even contact and they always say that's one of the worst injuries when you just suddenly something just snaps on you like your Achilles or or a knee injury. And uh, he looked pretty upset as he was being carted off the field. Yeah, this is just me taking a guess. I'm, I'm guessing here. But it looked like something to do with his right knee because right. he looked like he planted with his right knee. And then all of a sudden, all the power went out. It was like you yeah. could just see it drag as they went put in slow motion. I'm like, oh, that's and you're right. Like non-contact injuries, bad. Yeah, so, pretty bad. Yeah, uh, the Patriots have just taken a nineteen to thirteen lead. Uh, Patriots are six and six and really in the hunt, chasing down a playoff spot. Uh, Cardinals four and eight. Uh, looks like uh, they'll have to wait till next year. Uh, Colt McCoy's looked pretty good since he's come in. Um, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins just got a touchdown. Oh. Sorry, he. I mean, sorry, DeAndre Hopkins uh, fumbled the ball, and the Patriots uh, recovered it for a touchdown. And uh, with a extra point, they'll be up by seven again. Um, yeah, the, the, the back and forth this game. It's been uh, you know very very tight. Uh, just trading field goals and touchdowns. A couple of touchdown runs. One by Harris uh, for the Patriots. One by Connor for the Cards. And uh, yeah, still. A lot of time left, five and a half minutes left in the, the third quarter. So we'll give an update in a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's it just uh it's just horrible that uh you know Arizona just signed Kyler to that huge contract and now he is he's probably I would assume, I'm assuming he's done for the season. Yeah, yeah, it sure doesn't look good. Yeah, it's very tough to see that. I, I feel sorry for him and for the organization, yeah, because they did put a lot of money at them, and uh, yeah, it, this is tough. But this has been a, a really down year for the Cards. 
uh, four and eight. Uh, I don't think a lot of people expected them to be this bad this year. Oh, no, I know I didn't. I, I expected more from them this year. And unfortunately, they just it just never came together for them. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Why don't we uh, just blast right into it? Uh, we'll start with the NFC East and start with the Eagles game. Uh, Eagles are now 12 and one first team to clinch a playoff spot. And uh, yeah, this, this team just uh, will not stop this juggernaut. Uh, Jalen hurts. Phenomenal game. Miles Sanders, another great game. AJ Brown looking uh, awesome as usual. And, uh, a 48-22 dismantling of the G-men. They just beat them down. They beat them down. They're looking like the, the ultimate juggernauts, especially in the NFC. Um, and their running attack is, is just no joke. Like, I I think they have the best running attack in football. If they don't, they shouldn't. And Emmanuel Sanders was unbelievable. 17 carries, 144 yards, two touchdowns. And like you said, Hertz was amazing again you know just yeah. another two 217 yards two touchdowns no picks and then seven carries for 77 yards averaging 11 yards per carry yeah with a touchdown yeah yeah, yeah. to me he's the front runner for uh, mvp this year and uh yeah just guiding this offense so incredibly uh he was such a you know running mobile quarterback uh you know coming into this year but now He's in the pocket and he's finding his weapons. And uh, I, I'm super impressed. Every time I watch him, he's he's the full package. Yeah, he's the full package. And he knows he knows when to run and he knows when to pass. Yeah. Uh, like that's the most important thing. He doesn't he doesn't panic when he's in the pocket. Yeah. Like like he knows that he if he still has time or if he just has to spin out just a slight little bit so he can get the pass off. Or if he has to run, he runs. And then he's supremely dangerous when he does. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. And their defense is uh, amazing, too. They sacked Daniel Jones seven times. Uh, really uh, were pressuring him all day. Daniel Jones is another really great quarterback. I love watching him play. He's, he's, a, he's a total package, too. But when you just don't have any time and you're getting pressured that much, it's really hard to – you know, be able to win a game and, and, you know, put drives together. No, well, it's almost impossible because you're just going, oh, it's just an avalanche of people coming at me. Where, where, wait, you guys want to block a little bit? No, no. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so the Giants with the loss fell to fourth in the division, seven, five, and one. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going uh, in the wrong direction for them. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the first quarterback to have 10 plus touchdowns in two straight seasons. Uh, the Eagles um, have three guys with 10 plus touchdowns now this year, Sanders and AJ Brown. Uh, this is the first time that the Eagles have had a 10 touchdown running back since LaShawn McCoy in 2014. And the first time since they've had a 10 touchdown uh, receiver since 2014 as well. And um, yeah, I'm just, this, this team, to me, I'd put money down right now on the Eagles winning it all. I I don't think anybody can beat them if, if they can stay a hundred percent healthy. If they can stay a hundred percent healthy, I think they have a a fantastic chance of winning the Super Bowl this year because it looks like they have all the pieces. Their defense is fantastic. Their offense is juggernaut. Like yeah, yeah. man, they they're looking great right now. Yeah. Um, and they go to Chicago to play the Bears uh, on Sunday. Bears are three and ten, so. 
Uh, I would count them at 13 and one. Uh, you know, they, they play the game because you never know. But, uh, you know, I, I would put some money down on them if I was a betting man as well. And uh, the Giants have their rematch against the Commanders. Where they played uh, last week. Uh, and and they, they that will be the battle. They're both 7-5-1. and one. Uh, I think either one of those teams wins this game. Uh, they're making the playoffs. The other team is going to be in t- it really in tough to to try to secure a playoff spot. Yeah, well, we we mentioned it like last weekend where this is going to count. This is going to matter the most. Yeah. So whatever team comes out on top, that's the team that's probably going to make the playoffs. For yeah. sure. um, Dallas Cowboys uh, have been uh, neck and neck with the Eagles all season, uh, really having a great year. But uh, can you believe the trouble they had with the worst team in the NFL, their cross-state rivals, the Houston Texans, almost pulled off a fantastic upset. If they would have uh, been able to punch it in in the end zone on that fourth down play, uh, they win the game. But uh, somehow the Dallas Cowboys defense stopped them. 98 yards later, they score the touchdown and go ahead and, and win the game. But uh, I don't think anybody, nobody definitely predicted that it would be this close. Uh and, and, you know, Houston almost pulled off the crazy upset. Yeah, they almost had him. They almost had him. Luckily, uh, uh, the Cowboys' defense stepped up when they really needed to. And oh. they got the stop that they needed. And uh, Prescott let him down, and they managed to score the touchdown. But, ooh, I'm sure they were, like, the Cowboys' sideline was sweating bullets over this one. Man. It was yeah, close. that was a shock. Uh, really a shock. Um Tony Pollard was great as usual. Uh, he had a couple touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air. Um, not huge yardage, but uh, good enough getting a couple touchdowns. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was good as well, got a touchdown, and and um, yeah, it uh, th- this team this team's firing on, on offense. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was really quite surprising how close it was. Uh, Dak's two picks really hurt the Cowboys and kept this. A lot tighter than anybody expected. Um, Houston used this funny approach with Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll back and forth. Driscoll didn't get as many uh, passing attempts, but he was out there for quite a bit. And he was the guy that got stopped on that really crucial fourth down play. Yeah, that was the thing that I thought was a little bit odd of a play call. Yeah. I thought, wouldn't you go with your top guy in that situation yeah. as opposed to the other guy, like I, I just, I didn't understand. It. Yeah, it was a weird. It was a very weird play call, that's for sure. And I, I don't know why you wouldn't go with a running back, or you know, right. yeah, or, or your quarterback to toss it to somebody. But yeah, your your second guy, uh, you know, trying to get him to punch it in. It was a weird play call. But uh, Houston's a weird organization. Had a horrible <laughs> year, and uh, you know, somehow they messed it up. They had the win in their grasp, and it was torn right out of their hands. Well, I, I guess there's a reason why they've only won one football game, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Dallas goes to Jacksonville to play the Jags, who are playing really good football right now, and uh, that should be a great game. Uh, the Texans host the Chiefs, so uh, tough, tough matchup again for them. Uh, this is Dallas' four straight win, and uh, they keep on rolling. Um, and then... We've got the uh, Commanders, the only team that we haven't talked to yet. 
Uh, they had a bye this past week, uh, and they host the Giants, as I mentioned before. Uh, that, that'll be a great battle. I can't wait for that one. Uh, two teams that have been playing each other uh, every year, a couple times a year for the entirety of football, and, and uh, that should be a great, great grudge match. Yeah, that's it's going to be a fantastic game. They know what's on the line. Both teams, they're going to be, they're going, they're going to try to take each other's heads off. They're going yeah. to be firing, man. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Okay, NFC West. Uh, let's turn to the 49ers. A uh, huge win, uh, Mister Irrelevant. Uh, Tom Brady in his three hundred and seventy-six start against Drew Purdy in his very first start ever. And uh, of course, the, the the rookie is the only guy to ever beat Tom Brady and uh, get the victory. And uh, this was this wasn't even close. This was a complete blowout. Yeah, yeah, he he they destroyed him. Like it, like you said, it wasn't even close. Um, it was it was kind of funny to me because you have this guy, Purdy, that comes out of nowhere. Kind of like what Brady did, right? And takes out the old man. Yeah, takes him out. But granted, if I'm going to look at the weapons that the 49ers have as opposed to weapons that the Bucks have, 49ers got better weapons. Yeah, and they showed it. They showed it in this game. Yeah, that's right. Um, the only thing that uh, was bad for the 49ers in this win was Debo Samuel um, had a, an injury. It looks like an MCL sprain. And a ankle injury at the same time. Yeah. Um, so uh, not sure how long he's sort of uh, week to week, they say, with this injury. Uh, glad it wasn't season ending, which would have been really devastating for a guy that's, you know, given this organization a lot over the last couple seasons. Yeah, like he, at least he, ha- he had a touchdown in the game, but I do remember the hit and he kind of got folded up awkwardly. It was, yeah. it was a, I saw it and I was like, ooh, I was like, ooh that, yeah. that, be very, that could have been worse than what it was, actually. Could have been That's a lot worse than what it was. Uh, Jerry Rice took to social media and said, uh, you know, he, he voiced his displeasure, said, uh, what the heck are you doing? Constantly uh, getting these guys injured by running them through the middle. And uh, he mentioned Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Debo Samuel. Uh, he was, uh, yeah, really uh, questioning the play calling of Shanahan and uh, and the guys uh, that do that for the Niners. Yeah, he has a point, you know, to a certain extent because all those guys, significant injuries, some of them season-ending, so maybe they should, you know, not get them running through where all the, the land of the Giants are, the 300-pounders, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it could be pretty tough. Uh Jerry Rice lived on the edge and uh you know had a long what was it 19 year career setting historic numbers uh you know, I would trust him and I would think that yeah, especially you know, you're going in against 3 400 pounders in that middle there. Uh yeah, they land on you, you get squashed. Uh yeah, awkward things can happen and uh, that was the case. Uh, let's hope Debo comes back because he's fun to watch and uh, really good for the game. Um, so there was a, a funny moment that happened at the end of the game. Uh, the Niners, Dre Greenlaw, picked off Brady at some point through the game. 
and decided he was going to ask Brady if he would sign the football. Uh, Brady had said earlier in the year when he got picked off against the Jets and somebody asked, he's like, yeah, this is the last friggin' time I'm ever <laughs> signing a football for one of my mistakes. So <laughs> just don't even bother. Uh, Greenlaw said, uh, yeah, I just decided to take a chance. What can he, what's the worst he could have said? It was no. And uh, he didn't. So he signed it. It'll be a keepsake, something that he can show his kids, grandkids, and friends uh, that come around. He picked off Brady, got a signature on it. Probably going to be worth something one day. Yeah. You know what? He was really good about it, too. Yeah. I, 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 I saw it, and I'm like, uh, this this could go poorly. <laughs> but he was he was a good sport about it. He's like, ah, yeah. sure. Why not? Yeah, I think uh, now that he's 45, he's uh, his competitive uh, anger yeah. and angst has just diminished just enough to allow yeah. something like that to happen. Yeah, I, I I agree. And then plus on top of that, you know, I think the seven championships that he can go home to at, at <laughs> night keep him like, oh, you know what? It, I'm okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, I was watching some of the earlier stuff and uh, during. Uh, Belichick's era they've won out of 19 seasons they've won 17 division titles uh, they've, been to the, they've been to the Super Bowl nine times and won them six so uh you know like Brady's uh was part of that and uh has had tons of success so uh and the other thing is um they're in the NFC South um they're they're still in first place even though they're six and seven uh, they got a one game lead on two teams and two game lead on the other. Uh, you know, they're not in any jeopardy yet of uh, knocking out of the playoffs. So it it didn't uh, this loss didn't really uh, kill them or anything. It was uh, just, oh, well, uh, on to the next one. Yeah. And that's the funny thing where it's just like, so you're talking about a Brady led team is under 500 and is not at risk for not making the playoffs. No, no, they're still going to get in there. That's yeah. cool. So weird. Yeah, so bizarre. Uh, craziness. Um, okay, so 49ers go to Seattle and uh, play the Seahawks. And that's the Thursday game. And the Bucks host the Bengals. Uh, should be uh, should be good. Bengals are playing well. Uh, okay, also in the NFC West, Seattle. Oh, man, tough loss. Uh, yeah. They were just sort of holding on to that seventh and final uh playoff spot and wild card spot but uh bad loss 30 24 to carolina score was okay but uh you can't lose to the panthers when you're trying to secure a playoff spot no you can't and then especially with like you know like i'm looking at darnold's numbers <laughs> 14 to 24 120 yards and a, and a touchdown so you're like Wait, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they, they weren't relying on Sam Darnold much, were no. they? Uh, not no. at all. They had, they had a ton of running game. Uh, they yeah. had twice as much possession time, twice yeah. as much uh, first downs, and they just uh, really were, um, yeah, grinding it out. Uh, Two hundred and fifty yards on the ground, something like that. Uh, Foreman had seventy-four. So did Hubbard. Uh, Canadian Chuba Hubbard had a great game, 14 carries, 74 yards and a touchdown. And yeah, um, yeah they just decided we're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and just just uh, grind the clock down. And uh, they were that was a smart game plan. They got the win. Yeah, yeah, they, they controlled the clock. 
and then they just made sure that Seattle just didn't have much time with the football, you know, like, and unfortunately, Geno Smith, he did throw for three touchdowns uh, to two of his favorite receivers, uh, Metcalf and Lockett both had touchdowns, but the two interceptions really hurt. Yeah. Those definitely were were tough. Uh, Seahawks uh, running attack this year. It's been just decimated with injuries, too. I, I feel so sorry for uh, running backs coach and the, that offense, uh, the offensive team. Uh, you know, just every guy that they throw out there gets hurt and is gone. Next guy up, next guy up. They're down to their fourth and fifth string guys in there, sixth string guy. And uh, you can't expect many teams to have a great running attack when they lose that many running backs to injury. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, like you're just diminishing returns after a while. And it's unfortunate that the Seahawks continue to have these problems at running back where they just get injured. It happened last season. It's happening again this season. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Um, Okay. Uh, Also in the NFC, uh, let's just talk about the, uh, Cardinals here. Uh, let's just get a little update on this Monday nighter. Uh, looks like did the Patriots just punch it in? I think they did. I think yeah, Patriots just scored again, and hmm. we'll get an update. Did they kick the extra point yet? Uh, Twenty-seven thirteen now for the Patriots. Fourteen minutes left, and um, yeah, looks like. Patriots have the really good shot at uh, going to seven and six and and Cardinals fall into four and nine. Uh, another couple of great uh, rushing touchdowns for uh, the Patriots. Uh, both rookies, Kevin Harris and yeah, a couple of uh, rookies scoring touchdowns for the Patriots. Pretty, uh, pretty impressive for Belichick being able to get these young guys in there and uh, getting them contributing. Yeah, no, well, Belichick, being the wizard that he is, knows exactly when to put these guys in positions to succeed, and uh, succeed they have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Patriots uh, go to play uh, Vegas against the Raiders. Uh, that's uh, 105 uh, Pacific start time, 405 in the East. And the Cards go to Denver, also same time, 105 next Sunday. Uh, speaking of Denver, uh, Russell Wilson had his best game as a Bronco, but they still lost. And he was lost with a concussion. Um, he tried running. He was he was running and, and having a great game, but uh, one of his runs ended up getting hit at the end of it. Uh, took a long time to get off the turf. Uh, had a big chunk of dirt and grass and everything. And he was just woozy and wobbly and, and had to leave the game. Uh, it's too bad when finally he was generating some offense and uh, they looked actually pretty good, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't happening. It was 27, nothing for the chiefs. And then Russell Wilson started really turning this around after Mahomes threw a couple picks, but uh, unfortunately Denver's just destined to have another loss in, in the L column. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, it's it took though Mahomes to have those couple picks for the Broncos to have a chance, totally, right? Totally. Yeah, totally. Like, like that that was the turning point. Yeah, and unfortunately though with Wilson who actually ran the ball and yeah. he hasn't been doing any of that. So I I was 
impressed that he did that. Four carries, 57 yards. But unfortunately, that last carry, when he got hit, it looked like he ran into a wall. Yeah. And then he gets... He did not move after that. So no. he's always been a small guy, and you know, yeah, you you got to get down a lot sooner than that. You yeah. gotta you gotta be sliding. You don't want to be taking hits from some of those big guys on the defense. No, 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 because if you take big hits like that, well, that can happen to you where you don't get up. Yeah. You don't get up because you are concussed. Jerry Judy had one of the best uh, days of of the of the weekend. Uh, three touchdowns. On eight catches for 73 yards. Uh, the nice hat trick of touchdowns there. Uh, Marlon Mack had another touchdown. Uh, Josie Jewell had a huge game on defense for them. Nine tackles and two picks. Two picks that um, led to this being close. I thought 27 nothing. Holy cow, this thing's going to be just unbelievably a joke. But, uh, yeah, Broncos uh, took advantage of those turnovers and uh, made a game of it. But uh, still... Couldn't 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 win three and ten on the season and uh, Kansas City's ten and three. Uh, Travis Kelsey another couple milestones in this game. He had only four catches for seventy one yards, but he crossed the thousand yard barrier for the seventh straight season and also passed the ten thousand yards career yardage mark. And uh, he's the fifth tight end in history to reach ten thousand yards. Um, uh, the best tight end in the game and possibly the best tight end, end to ever play the game. Yeah, um, definitely a future Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, it, uh, Canton's going to be calling his name soon enough. Um, a great, like, an incredible, like, uh, a, incre- incredible that he was able to get 10,000 yards in his career so far and that there's many more yards for him to come, you know, going forward into the future. I yeah. did want to add, though, that uh, Jared McKinnon for the Chiefs also had a huge game. Oh, yeah. You know, six carries for 22 yards and then seven receptions for 112 yards with two touchdowns. Yeah. He was integral for their win. Yeah, great. Uh, they picked him up uh, um, earlier this season. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire has had some injury troubles, and, and uh, yeah, he came in. Uh, he had even better game through the air than he had on the ground, and, uh, yeah, it was a really big factor. Um, Kelsey is the 11th player wide receiver or tight end to have seven consecutive 1000 yard seasons. So, uh, joining elite company, he's the fastest tight end to ever get to 10,000 yards. Uh, he joins Tony Gonzalez, uh, Shannon Sharp, Antonio Gates and Jason Witten, uh, Gonzalez and Sharper hall of famers. Gates and Witten are, are destined for the Hall of Fame. And, um, yeah, Kelsey uh, stamping closer and closer. Fastest guy to ever get there. So you think he's probably going to break every tight end record as long as he stays healthy. As long as he has that guy called Patrick Mahomes passing him the football, yeah, yeah, he's going to break all those records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, guess who the Chiefs get to face? The Houston Texans, as I mentioned a little earlier. So, uh, yeah, I expect Kelsey to have some huge yardage in this next game. Uh, and the Broncos host the cards, as I just mentioned a few minutes before. Um, also in the AFC West, uh, the Rams, uh, we got to go back to the Thursday game. Uh, Baker Mayfield might have resurrected his career, uh, flamed out in Cleveland, extra flamed out in Carolina. 
Uh, they signed him off waivers. Two days later, he leads the team to a comeback win. They're down 16-3 to with four minutes to play. Somehow, Baker Mayfield engineers two touchdown drives, wins the game 17-16 when he, he'd only met all these teammates two days before and uh, somehow pulled off this incredible game on Thursday. That was that was wild to watch. After we had seen a comeback on Monday, similar, uh, and then Thursday we see another incredible uh, resurrection to his career, possibly. And this 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 particular comeback is just way more impressive because it's not like he knows what the playbook is. He just got there, right? yeah. <laughs> so he's just he's just flinging the ball around. He's just like, well, I'm just gonna go for it. Go for it, he did, and it yeah. worked out for him. It yeah. worked out. Yeah, no, I was I was d- damn impressed. It was super fun to watch. I I thought, wow, you know, I I'm not gonna you know put much blame on him. I was shocked that he even really had any plays. I I didn't think they were gonna throw him out there, but uh, they were dealing with their second and three third stringer, and uh, they decided to uh, let's give it a shot. And he had a great game, and uh, yeah, it was it was good fun to watch. I, I've never been a fan of his, but you know, uh, nice to see a guy who's uh, you know thrown on the scrap heap a couple times uh, really gets to get a chance and and show what he's got. Yeah, and then pick himself up and. And lead a team that he just met to a win and a yeah. big win at that. And yeah, that, he didn't turn over the ball, no, no. interceptions, just the one yeah. touchdown pass. And but uh, uh, Carr definitely turned over the ball, two interceptions. He just he did not play well. He no. did not have a very good game, and uh, and I know why he didn't have a good game because if I look at the other guy that should be getting the ball all the time, Devontae Adams. Only had three receptions for 71 yards. Yeah. That's how I know he had a bad. Yeah, they must have been double, triple teaming him, that, which yeah. I would do. <laughs> you well, know, I can't say. Yeah. Try to shut down him and Jacobs, and that's it. But, um, yeah, they they were able to get Devontae um, stopped and it got a big win for them. Um, so I was mentioning uh, Kevin Harris, uh, the rookie. He got his first career rushing touchdown tonight. Uh, Pierre Strong Jr. also got his first career rushing touchdown tonight. And Marcus Jones got his first career interception. So three rookies having an amazing night tonight and uh, contributing to what looks like a a huge win over the cards. Yeah, big win. Uh, Hey, the rookies are standing out, and uh, I'm sure Belichick is over the moon. He's got something to cheer about. He's like, all right, good stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, NFC North, um, top two teams in NFC North were battling. Uh, the Vikings came into it uh, 10 and 2. The Lions were just 5 and 7. Uh, and all of a sudden, Detroit really gave Vikings so much trouble. Uh, this Detroit team has now won five of their last six games and got a 34-23 win. Um, this, this team's fun to watch. Impressive. We've been talking. As long as they have some defense, they can win because their offense has been fantastic. And they finally got a defensive effort. And um, yeah, th- this team really actually has a shot at making the playoffs after starting one and six, which is amazing. Which is amazing. Like, like I, I love the fact that the Lions have never given up on themselves. They yeah. could have easily have done that, and they never did. No. You know what? Like, because they have that belief yeah. in themselves, which is. Great to see Goff had a 
amazing game. 27 to 39, 330 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, passed off to Shark, six receptions, 94 yards, and one touchdown. But I do have to say this. That guy Jefferson for the Vikings, yeah, that dude had a huge game. That was the one dude that they could not stop. Yeah. He could not be stopped. 11 receptions, 223 yards. Yeah. That's a career high for him, and it's a Vikings uh, franchise high, and yeah. they've had incredible receivers there over the years. And uh, yeah, for him to have the franchise record, uh, yeah, it's incredible. He, he's, he is so unstoppable, and uh, yeah, this was a great to see a career day. Uh, gave him his every effort to get the victory, but, but uh, yeah. the Lions just had more balanced attack. Yeah, they had a more balanced attack. And and also, too, I, I'm sorry. I guess I can't put this loss on Cousins. 31 to 41, 425 yards, <laughs> two touchdowns. It's like, it's like yeah, I tried. <laughs> really yeah. 425 yards is a hell of a game. So, yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. No, it was – this was a fun game to watch. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And, uh, yeah, it's great to see – Two teams from the NFC North playing so well and, and battling. Uh, obviously, the Vikings are going to finish first. Uh, they're they're too far and away and ahead, but Detroit, uh, yeah, definitely has a chance if they keep this up to sneak into wild card position. And uh, this would be one of the biggest comebacks we've ever seen. Yeah, it would be awesome. It'd just be like a, a great a great story, a great story if they can actually pull this off. Yeah. Turning to the other two teams in the NFC North, the Packers. It's at five and eight. They're in third place. Uh, and Bears at three and ten and fourth. Both had buys. Uh, Green Bay hosts the Rams on the Monday night or a week from tonight. And Chicago hosts the Eagles uh, at the early window on Sunday. Uh, okay. Uh, we just we did mention the NFC South. We talked about those teams. Um, the Bucks are first with six and seven. Carolina is five and eight in second. Falcons also five and eight. They had a bye week and they go to New Orleans on Sunday. And speaking of New Orleans, they are actually even still alive in this NFC South at four and nine. They can win the division still uh, with the <laughs> four games left to play. But uh, my my money's still on the Bucks. But uh, it's become a lot more interesting than uh, we thought it would be a few weeks ago. Yeah, it, it definitely has. I I still find it incredibly funny that the Saints are still mathematically in it. Really, like, give me a break. But anyways, yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think that this is this is the Bucks to lose. Yeah, yeah, I think they've they should they should be able to wrap it up. So, uh, okay, AFC. We've we've covered some of the games in the AFC through that uh, rolled through the NFC, but uh, we haven't covered some of them. Uh, first one we'll go to is the AFC East leading Bills. Uh, they got their fourth straight win. It wasn't a, a pretty win. Uh, the conditions were really, really brutal, but they squeaked out a 20 to 12 win over the Jets. Um, there was 10 straight punts in that first half. Uh, I think the Jets ended up get, uh, punting the ball like nine times in, in this game. It was ugly. Uh, rain, snow, sleet. Uh, just the conditions were super brutal. Uh, it was almost a scoreless half for both teams. Uh, Jets had the first scoreless half for years and years and years. 
And um, but uh, the Buffalo did get a, a late touchdown. Josh Allen, uh, another one of those amazing runs where he decides to jump in the air, get that first down. He looked like a helicopter again. Uh, Dawson Knox saw that and decided to do that himself and did a flip and into the end zone. Uh, those two guys are big boys and uh, got what where they wanted to go, got what they needed, and it was uh, they're they're fun to watch when they're doing plays like that. It's awesome. No, yeah, yeah, they 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 provide that entertainment because like they're willing to put life and limb on the line just to get that first down or to, for Knox to get that touchdown. Yeah. which definitely helped uh, for the Bills to win the game. Yeah, it was, um, as I said, uh, really brutal. There was 15 punts all told. The Bills were only two for 13 on third down, uh, only had 14 first downs the entire game. Uh, Mike White was good. I'm really liking this young guy. I think uh, he's got a good future. Uh, he did get hit some a lot of times and damaged his ribs. He's day-to-day right now with uh, rib injuries. Um, i I, I really love him, and I, I I have a good feeling for him if he can keep healthy. That they can keep the pressure off of him. I, I think um, you know he's going to be able to win some games down the stretch for this team. No, I I think I think they I think they found their quarterback for now, and I think they're definitely off of Zach Wilson. I, I don't know what's going to happen with him in his future, mm-hmm. and I hope that Mike White is not so severely injured that he cannot uh, start for the next game for the Jets because. I definitely don't want to see Wilson in there because I know what that's going to happen. They're going to lose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Uh, the Jets host the Lions on Sunday and the Bills host the Dolphins. And there's three Saturday games. This is the first one we're mentioning. Uh, this is the late game Saturday, 5-15 kickoff Pacific time, 8-15 Eastern time. Um, yeah, we finally got some Saturday games to uh, enjoy in the NFL now. What do you think? How do you like that? No, I, I I like it, man. I like it. I I hey, it's Saturday, right? Like it's the weekend. So yeah, I football on Saturday. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, okay. So I mentioned the Dolphins. There, they fell to eight and five on the season. They lost twenty three seventeen to the Chargers on the Sunday nighter. Uh, Justin Herbert had an absolutely awesome game. Uh, three hundred and sixty seven yards through the game through the air. Um, he was, uh, hitting his targets like crazy. Keenan Allen had 12 catches and Mike Williams, uh, was great as, as well. Um, man, yeah, this team has, has the weapons and when they're, they're rolling Eckler's running the ball, catching the ball, and he's got his two top targets. Uh, this team's really good. And, and this was a huge must win game for the chargers to stay in that playoff position. Yeah. And, and they pulled it off. They pulled it off, and the Chargers' defense, even though they're, they're dealing with kind of a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, yeah. they were stout. They they yeah. held the Dolphins for the most part. There was some bad luck there, like especially with Hill grabbing, that, yeah, grabbing that fumble. Fumble on. Yeah. Going 70 yards for like a touchdown. You're just like, what, wait, what happened? Yeah. And on the instant replay, it's actually one of the Chargers players that digs and flips it out. Yeah. I think he may have thought it was one of his own teammates behind him. And unfortunately, that was Tyree Kill, the fastest guy in the NFL. And then he took that ball and he went to the house and took it. Yeah. Well, they didn't really even notice him getting the ball until he was already around down the sideline. They're like, yeah. oh, crap. 
And that's the cheetah. Can't catch him. Oh, we lost. Uh, yeah, that there's a touchdown there. But um, yeah, other than that, uh, you know, went pretty well. Uh, this was a great game. And I, I, there was a lot of hype about it being uh, the two draft picks that went after each other in the 2020 draft. Uh, I'm a Chargers fan and I was hoping so much for Tua. I was like, oh God, I hope Tua can fall to us at six. I hope, I hope, I hope. And the Dolphins drafted him at five, and I was just so bummed. And then Herbert comes up, next pick, Justin Herbert. I'm like, oh, great. And I was like, no, I'm disappointed. I wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, it's worked out for both franchises, really. And, uh, you know, I'm happy now. To, uh, Herbert has been great. And, uh, you know, this was a, a fun battle to see these two guys that uh, – came out of that 2020 draft and are, are both two of the two of the best in the game. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was a great game. Uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't think that Tua had one of his best games. Like, it, it just his, the accuracy was not there. It was sure. not there uh, yeah. in for this particular game, going 10 to 28, 145 yards, touchdown. But at least he didn't throw any picks. But um, yeah. needed to generate some more offense for them to win this game. Exactly, yeah. Um, okay, as I mentioned, uh, Miami goes to Buffalo for the Saturday nighter. The Chargers host the Titans. Uh, the later windows, 125 Pacific kickoff uh, for them. Uh, we've covered the third place Jets. They sit at seven and six. And the last place Patriots uh, poised now to go to seven and six. Uh, we got seven minutes, 22 seconds left, uh, 27 13. And uh, Cardinals are marching. Colt McCoy's got the ball trying to – oh, wow, big play by him. Uh, yeah, trying to get it closer, but uh, yeah, only seven minutes left for them to make this comeback. So, uh, okay, AFC West. Uh, Chiefs 10-3. and three. We talked about them a little earlier, beating the Broncos. Uh, beating the Broncos. Chargers are second at 7-6. and six. Raiders third at 5-8. and eight. Uh, Raiders had a heartbreaking loss to the Rams. And uh, Baker Mayfield on Thursday, that was brutal. We mentioned Carr wasn't great and really tough. Um, and the Broncos uh, fell three and 10. They're in the basement. Second worst team in the AFC having a bad, bad, bad go. Um, in the AFC North, uh, the all four teams played each other in the division games. The Ravens edged the Steelers 16-14 as both teams were dealing with um, quarterbacks that were out with concussions. Uh, Lamar Jackson's been out for Baltimore, but they also lost Huntley to the concussion protocol. Uh, there's third stringer, Anthony Brown had to come in and, um, Mitch Trubisky had to come in and, uh, clean up after Pickett, uh, also, uh, had a concussion and, uh, had to be removed. Um, man, there's been a lot of concussions from quarterbacks this year, and uh, this game was pretty bad with both guys going down. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. For me personally, it seems that the quarterbacks are running a lot more this year too as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and then that's across the league, so maybe that's why you're seeing an increase in uh, concussions uh, from your most important guy on offense uh, with the quarterbacks. Trubisky – uh, 276 yards are great, but the three interceptions are not brutal. Yeah, those are those are killer. Uh, Roquan Smith had one of those picks. Uh, he also had a sack and five tackles. 
his sack on Pickett led to his removal. And um, that was a huge acquisition, getting him out of Chicago this year. Uh, he was he was a monster in this game. Uh, Chicago wasn't able to get a contract signed with him, so they shipped him out the door so they could get something for him. And and Baltimore was more than happy to, to bring him in. He's been just phenomenal since they've been there. Uh, they also got J.K. Dobbins back after he came back from surgery. Uh, he had missed uh, a month and a half. And uh, he was great. 15 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that will be huge for them going forward. Uh, Ravens go to Cleveland on Saturday. They play the 1.30 Pacific uh, kickoff time. And the Steelers go to Carolina Sunday for the early window there. Um, okay. And the other North matchup, the Bengals, um, they finally beat the Cleveland Browns with Joe Burrow there. He had never beat Cleveland in his career, uh, he was able to handle the Browns 23-10. Um, he was good, and good to see Joel Mixon back. He was also good. Uh, Jamar Chase was, as usual, stud self with uh, another 120-yard game and a touchdown. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan took a bit of a backseat now that Mixon's back, but he still scored a touchdown. Um, definitely the Bengals were the better team on this day. Yeah, Bengals were the better team. Uh, Burrow did enough. 18 to 33, 239 yards, two touchdowns. And like you said, uh, Mixon actually, he came back and he played very, very well for the Bengals. And the Browns just, Watson looks like a quarterback that hasn't played for two years. Yeah. Now, he, was better than, he was better than the last game, but still not yeah. good enough. Uh, Chubb was bottled up like crazy. 14 yeah. carries for only 34 yards. Uh, that's unlike him. Um, yeah, usually he gets off. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones had a great game, Najoku had a touchdown, and uh, Mari only had two catches, so they bottled up uh, Chubb and Cooper and were able to get the big win. Uh, Cincinnati goes to Tampa Bay, plays a late window on Sunday, and Cleveland hosts the Ravens, as I just mentioned. And finally, AFC South, uh, the Titans are still in control, first place, uh, but they uh, they got beat by the Jags. Um, Trevor Lawrence had his second big game in the last three weeks. Uh, three, he threw a career high 368 yards with three touchdowns. Evan Ingram was massive. This is his best game since he left. The Giants came here. 11 catches, 162 yards and two touchdowns. What a phenomenal day for him. Uh, Zay Jones was good. And um, this passing attack was stellar their running game wasn't there but their passing attack was spot on in this game for sure yeah passing attack was spot on uh it was lawrence was on point uh even even added uh one running touchdown as well yeah. and uh yeah but you know for the jags defense unfortunately they couldn't bottle up henry as much as they would have liked 17 carries under 21 yards and one touchdown but uh uh, you know, Jags defense still managed to intercept Tannehill once. Uh, Tannehill had two touchdowns, 254 yards. But the Jags, this was a big win for them. Yeah. Big win against the division rival. Yeah. Um, Titans actually lost three fumbles on the day. Uh, so they were minus four in the turnover department. And that was that was the difference. That was the big reason. Um, Titans are still in first place uh, at seven and six. But as we mentioned, those other... Southern teams in the NFC creeping creeping up. Uh, if they don't take care of business soon, uh, some of these teams might pass them. 
Uh, Jags are looking great the, uh, quite a bit in the last few weeks and um, fun team to watch. Um, the Colts are third in the division. They had a bye going in this week. Uh, they're 4-8-1 and one on the year and go to Minnesota for the early window. Uh, Texans, as I mentioned, last in the league, 11, 1-11-1, and one, and they host the Chiefs on Sunday. <laughs> Tough sledding for them. Um, and finally, Titans go to L.A. to play the Chargers. Sunday, the Jags host the Cowboys the early window Sunday. So, yeah, that's the uh, NFL story for week 14. Yeah, great games. Great games yeah. all around. Uh, unfortunately, injuries all around as well. Uh, we'll see how everything shakes out for the next week, week 15 coming up. Yeah. Excited. There's be a lot of great games to watch. And uh, yeah, three on Saturday and many on Sunday. It's going to be an awesome football weekend. Really cool. Really cool. Uh, what do we hit? Uh, four minutes left. Uh, Patriots got the ball back. 27-13. Trying to run the clock down and get the win. Looks looks pretty good. Uh, I had I did say that, though. The last two games, the Monday night or Thursday night, are four minutes left. Two, yeah. two touchdowns down. So I better not uh, call it done yet. But uh okay ufc uh 29th consecutive sellout uh attendance at the t-mobile arena 18,455, 4.4 million dollar gate uh, a lot of great cards last pay-per-view of 2022 and um everything was really good until that main event i thought it was a terrible main event i was really disappointed because i was looking forward to seeing these two Behemoths in the light heavyweight division uh, battle each other. A, a fight that wasn't uh, supposed to have the belt implications on it. Uh, this wasn't supposed to be for the belt. Yuri Prohachka and Glover Teixeira were supposed to fight until Prohachka blew out his shoulder. And uh, they made this for the belt. I would have uh, thought that this would have been more guys really going for it completely the whole entire time to try to get the belt. But um i was i was really disappointed i didn't like the fight at all uh dana white agrees with me many others but you thought it was not as bad as i thought it was i just didn't no nah, i i'm gonna be honest i just didn't think it was that bad it wasn't that great of a main card i've seen worse clearly but <laughs> like at the same time i just thought it was more tactical than anything else <laughs> i thought john blahovich had a great game plan i never would have thought that ankaleo would have been that susceptible to leg kicks. Right. I, I didn't I didn't think that. Yeah. But apparently Jan Blahovic has, has steel in those shins. So much so that you could visibly tell from a tough, tough fighter yeah. that, doesn't, that has a great poker face for pain. Mm -hmm. Was visibly limping and wincing in pain from the leg kicks that Blahovic was giving him, especially yeah. in the second and the third round, right? First round was a feel-out round. Not much was going on there. Um, but the second and third round, those leg kicks started to add up. And then all of a sudden, Anka Live is just like, if I don't take this dude down, I'm not going to be able to stand. Yeah. I'm going to call the fight. Yeah. Well, I was kind of surprised that that wasn't his game plan right from the start. I thought he would have wanted the fight on the ground. I thought he would have tried to take him down from – you know, first minute and uh, that you're right. That first round was a complete feeling out process. Uh, Blahovich won that uh, round on everybody's cards. Same with the second round. Everybody was like, okay, he's up two rounds. Uh, that third round has been disputed by 
some two fighters or two judges, sorry, had 10, 10 9 for Blahovich. So he was winning this fight. If it goes to decision, he's won uh, 10 9 on three cards. As long as, you know, there's not a 10 8, uh, we've got a decision going Blahovich's way. Um, I looked at the cards over and over and uh, realized that Sal Diamato with a 10 8 in the fifth round yeah. for uh, Megamed Ankalaev. Uh, we have a split draw, and uh, nobody's happy. Nobody's happy with a draw. I, I, I just when you when you look at it, when you talk to it, about it, when you uh, discuss it, the judges should have a have a winner. They should all talk to amongst each other and say, like, okay, who really won this fight? Like, is this really a draw? Like, I don't think so. You know, come on. It to me. Clearly, Ankolaev won three rounds, in my opinion, and yeah. and Blahovich won two. And even Blahovich said, I, "I I didn't win this fight. Give him the belt. He deserves it. He won this fight." And uh, it was really disappointing. And I'm I'm too often leaving these cards disappointed because of judging decisions that go the wrong way. And and I think Ankolaev deserves this belt. I thought I thought he won the fight. He didn't start off well, but uh, he figured out what he needed to do to get those last three rounds, and and I thought he got him. Yeah, no, he, I thought he finished strong, especially in the fourth and fifth where he dominated him. Yeah. Now, now my question is: Do you think the fifth round's defensible for a ten-eight round? Because all Blahovich did was eat punches. Yeah, like so, he did. It's like he ate punches, right? So yeah. I looked at that and I was just like. Uh, I I guess I guess right yeah but at the same time all right so Ankalaev we both think that he won the fight but yeah. doesn't happen so yeah. what does Dana White do none of you are gonna fight for the belt again yeah I'm, I'm gonna put in somebody completely new because as as you and Dana saw it the same way didn't like the fight so I'm just gonna get some new blood against Glover done yeah. Yeah, well, uh, he was he was so angry with it. He was so disgusted that it just really was such a dud after yeah. such a great night that it, it really wasn't, um, you know, what the fans came to see. And he said, no, there's, I'm not rounding this one back. Forget you guys. Uh, Glover and, and Jamal Hill, uh, this, this will be great. I, I'm excited about this fight. It's happening in January. And, um, yeah, I... I did. I don't think I would have actually been super stoked to see these guys have to fight a game to try to determine a winner. I, I just didn't. It didn't really. It didn't jazz me up that that night, and uh, I wouldn't have been signing up to go to see it again uh, if they just ran it back in a month or two. I agree. I agree. Like it. It just you know, like it for me. I was just like, okay, those are two of the best in the division. So yeah, it made sense the first time. But after seeing that fight, I'm like, okay, well, let's try something new. Dana White obviously saw the same thing. And they're, oh, man, interesting matchup because those are two completely different styles. Yeah, I'm actually quite looking forward to the fight. Like, it's like, wow, this is this is going to be a, a little bit different. For I, sure. I, I love it. I love the matchup. I, I think it's uh, one of the most exciting matchups they, they could put together. And, you know, I... I was just blown away. Uh, they just they just went in the back, said, fuck, that one sucked. Uh, let's get something new and, you know, figured out, okay, let's make this happen and, and uh, just turn the tables. And this will happen in Brazil. 
for the vacant belt, USC 283, January 21st. And uh, there's already a uh, there's already a title fight on the card. It's Dav- Davison Figueredo and Brandon Moreno four, uh, which will be for the flyweight belt. Uh, Gilbert Burns, Neil Magny on that card. Paul, Paul Craig and Johnny Walker. Um, yeah, it'll be tons of Brazilians on the card as always. And uh, yeah, that gives me something to really get excited for. Uh, uh, Pay per view, and I guess just uh, about four or five weeks. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> the fight I'm looking forward to the most is the fourth go around between Figueredo and Moreno. Yeah. Now, if there's one thing I can say for sure, for certain, we're not going to see no Ankalaya Blahovich fight from those two guys. <laughs> no. You're going to see them just go after each other for five rounds. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be super awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to believe that one. So. Yeah, okay, so the main event, put it in our rearview mirror. See you later. Goodbye, guys. Uh, we'll see when we see you again, but it could be a while. Um, and now we go to the co-main, and we got more controversy here. Uh, only two people in the world, maybe three actually, two two judges and Patty Pimblett thought that he won this fight against Jared Gordon, and... Uh, Got the got the uh, decision win. Uh, another thing that just disgusts me because there's no way that he should have won this fight. Um, you know, is it you can't really call the USC ever fixed, but but like, why are two guys seeing something that nobody else is seeing? Why is this happening? Every on every like let's say fighters card that they usually have like for Twitter or something like that, everybody had Gordon winning this fight. Because he won the third round. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did the control time. He had him up against the cage and stuff like that. But it's control over the fighter. And yeah. Pimlet wasn't able to change the narrative of that round. That has to count for something. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't agree with Dana saying he had a terrible game plan. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, all right. I, I get it. That's your boy. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But at the same time, I'm sorry, man. He didn't win that fight. He didn't win that fight. First two rounds, incredibly close. It was a great fight. Close fight. I thought Pimlet won the second. I thought Gordon edged him in the first. And then going into the third, it was the, that was, whoever wins the third wins the match. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I thought Gordon won that fight. I really did. Yeah. yeah, It's just super frustrating. Um, you know, I was uh, I was talking with guys today. I was talking with Grayson today, and and he was saying, you know, we we got to figure out a better way. There's got to be some way of changing it so that it's not ten nine. Because you know, you can out punch a guy by one punch and get a ten nine. You can out punch a guy by thirty punches and get a ten nine. How is that fair? Uh, you know, it's just hard to determine it. Uh, he came up with a ton of really great ideas. Um, a, a little pad where you you hit the pad a few times, uh, one pad for a good jab, two pad for a big power shot, uh, three little taps for a takedown. And uh, at the end of every round, you see, okay, there was 55 taps here. There was 28 taps there. This guy obviously won, you know, and uh, yeah. just, you know, he, he thought uh, maybe you could take a, a pen and just do little check marks every time that, Somebody did a little damage and count up the check marks at the end. Um, I've did a little bit of judging before, and it's tough when you're watching to oh, yeah. even write stuff down because you want to have your, 
you know, eyes focused on the, the, the fighters at all times, but uh, there's gotta be something changed, something done different. There's going to be changes with the uh, betting that we talked about this past week. Uh, there's going to be changes. There's been changes to weigh-ins. There's got to be changes to, uh, you know, making sure the fighters completely 100% going into these fights. But um, the judging, man, like, oh, I just, I'm so sick of of these fights that a guy has won. He deserves his show bonus and his win bonus. And he gets robbed of it because uh, stupid judges uh, screw it up and they, they've got to change it. It can't be boxing judging anymore. It's got to be MMA judging and get these guys uh, certified uh, former fighters, guys that know the game and make sure that uh, we just don't have to have these controversies anymore. I think that's more to the point for me, what you just mentioned at the end there. I think the judges have to have some sort of MMA background. Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't think, I've never thought it worked bringing boxing judges to MMA. I thought it was always nonsensical and stupid. Yeah, I still do, right? I think you need guys with a real background that know what they're looking at so that they can judge it properly. Yeah. I think that's first and foremost. That's number one. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's, um, you know, super key. Uh, they have to be just MMA guys and, and not, you know, not even have any affiliation with boxing. They got to be separate. It's a separate sport. Totally different. Should be viewed totally different. And um, yeah, I think we'll we'll be a lot happier in the end. Um, with Jamal Hill now fighting for that title, Anthony Smith loses his opportunity to fight Hill. He was supposed to fight on Fight Night uh, two twenty one, the main event on March eleventh. Uh, Smith said. Okay, they've screwed me here. So now I get to call him out. I want to fight on the London card. Uh, he's asked to be on that fight, uh, which is the March 18th in the UK, uh, USC 286, which um, should be a massive card. Tons of um, eyeballs on that and uh, could be some good money for him. We'll see who they put Anthony Smith up against. But as we mentioned, uh, over to share Jamal Hill. Uh, Man, uh, that one is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a great fight. Like, you know, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, so you're just going to completely bypass those two guys that just, you know, you're just like, yeah, no, no, no. I don't care about them anymore. Yeah. So, Jamal Hill, you are up. <laughs> yeah. And I like it, though. I like it. I like the fight. And you know how they say Styles makes fights. And Glover always comes to fight. Oh yeah, he's always there to fight you, man. So it's it, it. I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm you know, excited. So. I'm totally excited about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to keep going through the card, but I do want to mention before we, I forget. I don't want to have this forgotten. Uh, just announced today, um, Kamara Usman is out of his rematch fight with um, Leon Edwards. They were supposed to run it back after Edwards got that late uh, head kick knockout. Uh, Camaro has uh, uh, decided to undergo hand surgery and will go under the knife very soon. Uh, looks like he's being replaced by Jorge Masvidal, which is pretty great because uh, Leon and Jorge have had a long running feud and have really wanted to step in the cage against each other uh, ever since they fought before. And um, that'll be That'll be like an incredible, amazing, amazing fight to watch. And uh, that was cool of the 
USC to shuffle on their feet really quick and and put something else together. They haven't announced it yet, but uh, I hear that that's uh, that's what's going to happen now instead of um, Rocky Usman. I am a little bit surprised at that. I'm like actually really surprised at that that Masvidal managed to sneak in there for a title shot. Good for him. It's it's and I'll be a great fight. That that will be an absolute war. If you want excitement, well, you're gonna get it with those two. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 will bang, and it will should be awesome. I'm I'm excited. Uh, they they won't like each other, and it will have a a lot of things stirred up uh, going into this. So yeah, it'll be amazing. Uh, okay, let's talk about the uh, catchweight fight that happened right before the co-main. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio was um, always scheduled to uh, fight on this card. Uh, he was supposed to fight Robbie Lawler, who got a late injury and uh, was had to pull out of the fight. Uh, he was replaced, a uh, late replacement by uh, Alex Morono. And um, I think Ponzinibbio was like, damn, uh, I think I really wish Lawler would have stayed at it because uh, Morono was beating up Ponzinibbio in those first, a uh, couple rounds, he was uh, looking like, man, uh, yeah, you you shouldn't have uh, bit off more than you can chew and, and brought me in there. And it looked like, yeah, Morono was going to get a win. He doesn't look tough. He doesn't look mean, but he is a hell of a fighter. And had this gone to the judges, he was winning this fight. Uh, Ponzinibbio's corner was yelling at him. You lost those first two rounds. Get out there and knock him out. And that's what he did. He went out there. Got a crazy, crazy, crazy knockout. Uh, Morono was knocked out before he even hit the ground. His his face was to the side. He's standing there. <laughs> Did you see that? It was like, what a shot that was. It just put him out, standing there. <laughs> it was pretty wild. He hit him so hard that his face went weird. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's a hearty hit up. Right? <laughs> I, I I couldn't stop laughing. So like, what happened to his face? And like, they showed it so many times over and over. <laughs> 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 yeah, his face was just immediately just. <laughs> it was so hilarious. And I, I bet you I saw the replay like a dozen times in the next two minutes. It was so yeah. funny. Oh, I know, man. It did. Bonzanibio hit him with a hellacious overhead right. Yeah. And then that that was literally it. Morono was done. But leading up to that, before that point, Morono looks unbelievably good. Is he only amazing. had a week preparation for this fight. Yeah. And he did that and almost got the win. Yeah. Almost. His distance management was awesome. He was popping his jab. He was in and out. He he looked he looked fantastic. Yeah. And you know, like and I say, I'd say this if he fight if he fights Pontinibio again. He probably would circle away from that power right, always circle out to the right, and he probably wins this fight. Probably. You know, the, he made a mistake, and yeah. he got caught big time, right? Yeah. So wow. I, I give Ponzinibbio all the credit in the world. You know, he took the fight, managed to get the KO, being down two rounds. And so good on him. But uh, Morono, you know what? If I'm, if I'm in that division, I'd be like, yeah, that dude's a little bit of a problem. Yeah, no. no, he he fought amazingly good, and um, yeah, as I said, he doesn't look like a killer, but man, he sure is a great fighter, and and that was good. And I heard Dana White uh, was super generous 
he decided he was going to give out a ton of bonuses. He gave a fight of the night to this next fight we're going to talk about, but he gave 50K to everyone that got finishes. He also gave 50K to Jared Gordon, and he gave 50K to Alexa, Alex Morono because uh, he just brought it and on such short notice was um, uh, you know, putting in such an incredible performance. So uh, glad to see uh, Santa Dana was out in December and uh, really helped out a lot of these fighters with 50K bonuses. It was nice that he was actually in a good mood because that's what he said. He's in a good mood. I'm sure other fighters are like, man, I wish you were in a good mood all the time, but I guess that doesn't happen. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, that was cool. I, I'm glad that he did that. I'm glad that uh, he felt giving enough to give these fighters their, their due. Yeah, that was good. Okay, as I mentioned, fight of the night, the middleweight battle between Dricus Duplessis and Darren Till. Uh, Duplessis hit Darren Till so many times in that first round. It was just an absolute beatdown. I never got the official amount of strikes that landed there, but it was just completely one-sided. Till looked horrible, and he... Uh, if that was his way of uh, wearing out Duplessis, uh, that was a pretty tough way to go about it because definitely Till ended up coming back in that second round and yeah. winning that second round because Dreykus could barely lift his arms up anymore because he had thrown so many shots into Till's face. But um, this was a hell of a great fight. Uh, just amazing that Till survived that first round. Amazing that he was able to turn it around and win that second round, but uh, Duplessis got a second win and ended up winning the fight in the third. I think Till was surprised with Duplessis' um, game plan, which was grapple, yeah. grappling heavy attack. I think that caught Darren Till completely off guard. Yeah, I don't think he was prepared for that whatsoever. I think he was expecting a stand-up war. And that's not what happened. Duplessis yeah. changed the complete script on him. And I think he was he he was unnerved and he just he was not expecting that. He was yeah. not expecting that from Duplessis. But I don't understand why he accepted that position in the first round. Where he and he had to yell at the ref to not stop the fight. So many times I kept putting his thumb up. I'm okay, yeah, like, yeah I'm, I'm just taking shots. 50 shots, but uh, I'm still all right, I'm still all right. But yeah, yeah I don't know why he was not trying to no. do something different because he was taking a ton of abuse. Yeah, he was. And I, 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 don't, I don't know why he accepted that position the way he did. Now, after the fight, you found out that he blew out his ACL again. That sucked. Brutal. But... So then my question is, did he actually blow it out in the first round? That's yeah. why he couldn't get up. And, yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, we yeah. don't know. But I do know this. When when Duplessis finally got that rear naked choke on him, that was not underneath the chin. And that yeah. was a quick tap. So yeah. I'm thinking that the injury to his knee was probably so severe that he just said, enough's enough. I'm done. Yeah, yeah I'm just finished. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where Till goes from here. Uh, Dana White, you know, said... He loved his effort and, you know, couldn't believe that he, uh, you know, put in such a, a great, uh, you know, second round after receiving that bad of a beating. He's lost five out of his last six. And, um, yeah, it's it's starting to look a little ugly for him. He's getting hurt. He's getting uh, beat up pretty bad by most of these guys. And 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I, I think, um, yeah, he better, uh, he better either change divisions or figure something better out. Cause uh, he's taken way too much punishment. That's going to, you know, really affect him down the road into his uh, post fight career. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that hundred percent. Well, he's going to have to take some time off because now he's has to go under the knife again and get, get his knee fixed again. So he's going to have some time to think about, uh, what his approach is going to be uh, going forward because, like, something has to change. Yeah, it's not working. Definitely not working right now. Um, okay, let's talk about the uh, fight that kicked off the main card. Ilya Tuporia and Bryce Dugnati Mitchell. Uh, Tuporia, oh, man, this guy is super tough. This guy is uh, just incredible amazing submission win just getting that arm triangle choke and um five and oh ufc 13 and oh overall uh he's calling out patty pimblett they have a huge war going on right now he wants to rip pimblett's head right off um i i, I would if i was pimblett in his corner i would stay super far away from this guy this guy's on a, a rise and he could be a champion within a year or two uh, this guy is one amazingly tough, tough fighter. He's he's incredibly talented. He outgrappled Mitchell, and that's his. And Mitchell's, I think, one of the better grapplers in the UFC. Yeah, he outgrappled him, right? Exactly. And then also too, like he just he, he eventually, especially in the second round, he took Mitchell apart on the feet. Like mm-hmm. like Mitchell actually, uh, there's different classes to that game, and his class was well far above Mitchell's when it came to. Uh, striking on the feet so i i'm looking at the going okay so this guy's the next up um and i agree with you pimlet's camp no don't want no part of that dude don't want no part of that dude <laughs> no. because there's a question mark if, if he could if he even beat gordon right yeah support destroy gordon yeah right. right yeah now. yeah that dude takes the out probably in the first round yeah. Right. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah. Pimlet should not be fighting this dude. No, no. I think the UFC has to slow play him. I think they have to put him in against competition that he's, you know, more comparable to, and and you know, they 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 want this guy to rise up through the ranks and be their boy for a while. So yeah. you know, I think they're going to be wise and and just put him in against, uh, you know, level or below level competition that he can beat and, and keep this ball bar rolling because if he gets KO'd really badly early on, uh, once or twice in a row, uh, you know, their their boy could be out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. And if you put him up against that killer in Taporia, he's definitely out of the picture. Yeah. All right. So that they don't want no part of that. I think Taporia, I think his next fight should be somebody in the top 10 in his division. Yeah. And then after that, after he wins that fight, top five title fight, possibly. Yeah. I, I think he could. He could have a belt uh, within a year or so. I I, I really think uh, this guy's on a on a rise. That uh, yeah, it, it's going to be tough for anybody to take him out. He's amazing. Uh, okay, the feature fight on the prelims had the youngest fighter to ever win in the UFC. Uh, Raul Rosa came in, uh, looked great, um, and guess where he was today? Back in high school at in his classroom taking his friggin' classes after celebrating his first ever UFC victory in the cage. 
this was crazy. I don't really like it. I don't think a guy this young should be in the UFC quite yet. But um, a lot of people seem to be on him, uh, really jumping for him and 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 cheering him on. Uh, you know, go for it, kid. He's been doing MMA for quite a few years, finally getting his opportunity and uh, the youngest fighter to ever get a victory in the UFC. He's still in high school. That says enough for me, man. All right. And, and, and by the way, He's the toughest guy in his high school. Period. <laughs> yeah, nobody's gonna mess with him anymore. No, 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 no bullying no. going on there. No bullying going on there. He was he was very impressive. Very impressive. Took Perrin down, controlled him, and just took his time hunting for the rear naked choke and eventually got it. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. And I love the fact that after the fight, looked like he belonged there. Yeah. Was wasn't phased by the moment whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I think Perrin was a handpicked guy, 0-2 in the UFC, you know, 10-6 and 6 going in, 10-7 and 7 now. Uh, just what we talked about with Pimblet, you know, putting guys in that he really has a really good shot at continuing his record. We see it in boxing all the time. These guys got records of 34, 35, 40-0, and they've been just put against guys that they know they can win, and they just get the record. I, I think uh, this would happen here with Rosa, but uh, still impressive. Even when you're you're you know 18 years old and you're fighting men and you're getting victories, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I I'm not happy that he's so young and and has already been given this chance because I don't want that to become a trend because I don't think people realize how elite you know 99.9 percent .9 of these athletes are. You know, you got to be a man. You got to have man strength to get in there against most of these guys. These are killers. These are some of the best athletes on the planet and. And I don't think a lot of these teenagers have a legitimate shot against uh, most of these guys. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. And then also, too, you you, you got to kind of worry about head trauma for these young fighters going into yeah. going into the octagon so quickly. So, but I would say maybe this guy's the exception to the rule. Could be the lone exception to the rule. Could be. Um, okay, the heavyweight fight uh, was over quick. Uh, Rosenstrike yeah. just uh, landed uh, a shot or two and just absolutely steamrolled Chris Dawkins. Uh, one of the fastest heavyweight fights we've ever seen, over in 23 seconds. And uh, yeah, on to the next. This was uh, yeah, a one-sided affair. He brushed his shoulders off and he just said, all right, all right, I, I got to do some quick work. I'm hungry. <laughs> and I need some. I need something to eat. I think that's what Rosenstrike did. He's just like, all right, kind of hungry here, so I'm gonna dust this guy. And go get a burger. Yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And he, he absolutely he annihilated Dawkins. Dawkins. Dawkins looked like he should never have been in the octagon with a guy like that. Period. No, no. there he outweighed him by twenty something pounds, and uh, maybe even more fight day. And it was, uh, yeah, it was not a. Not a good matchup for Dawkins. He shouldn't have been there. Uh, he didn't last long. Hopefully, the concussion doesn't uh, last long for him, and he didn't take too many shots uh, that concussed him. But, um, yeah, it was not. This was, uh, yeah, a one-sided affair. Big time, big time, big time. Um, okay, Edmund Shabazian came in. Um, both fighters came in on losing streaks. Shabazian had looked 
really good for a while in the UFC, then took a couple of losses and looked pretty bad doing so. I guess three losses in a row. And then, um, yeah, turned it around here, got a big necessary win to save his UFC career, and uh, looked looked pretty good doing it. He looked very good. I, I thought his striking was on point. Um, eventually hit, oh, God, okay, Lungyambala with a with a knee up the middle that rocked him. Took advantage of that, got to the ground, immediately full mount, ground and pound finish. Super impressive win, actually. Very yeah. impressive win against a very powerful fighter in Lugiambala. Yeah, yeah. Saved his saved his bacon. He's still in the USC and moving forward. Uh okay, the fight that kicked off the main prelims was the battle, middleweight battle between two really powerful great guys and Chris Curtis and Joaquin Buckley. Uh Buckley's always gonna be known for that amazing spinning kick uh against Impa Katsagane. And um this fight actually ended in a similar fashion in a way because uh Buckley threw a kick it got caught by uh Curtis and and Curtis ended up just bam throwing a friggin' shot that uh put Buckley down and then he just uh started hammering him uh I think uh Buckley went out on a couple yes. of occasions and woke back up when he got more hammer fist <laughs> I, I I saw Curtis say today he just kept saying just fall asleep, fall asleep, fall asleep, fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, the referee jumped in and pulled him off. But, uh, yeah, Curtis uh, used his experience, uh, had the uh, more straight shots, not the big hooks that Buckley uh, seems to throw, and, and got a big win over a very tough guy. Yeah. He, Curtis was patience. Yeah. He, like, I, I think he just exercised his patience. Uh, Buckley... Definitely threw more volume. He was the busier fighter. But uh, when Curtis saw his opportunity by blocking that high kick and driving that left right into Buckley's chin, he flattened him with that shot. Yeah. Absolutely flattened him. And then it was over. Uh, yeah. It was a great win by Curtis. Great win. Great patience again that he exercised throughout the entirety of that fight. Yeah, you're right. Total patience. Yeah. He realized uh, he would get his opportunity and finally did uh, catching that kick and Throwing that perfect, uh, perfect shot up the middle. Um, yeah, I didn't get to see too many of the early prelims. Uh, Billy Quarantillo fight, uh, great knockout by him. Um, and uh, yeah, nothing more to say too much for me on those early prelims. I didn't, I didn't get to see it either. Um, the only thing that I saw, like the highlights of, was Quarantillo. Because apparently he did make a comeback win to beat Hernandez, which was pretty impressive. TKO in the second. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've only got one uh, UFC card uh, left in this, the year. It comes uh, next Saturday. It's an early card. Uh, 1 p.m. for the prelims, 4 p.m. Pacific for the main card. Uh, Jared Cannonier, Sean Strickland should be hell of a battle. Uh, love those two middleweights. And... Um, I'm looking forward to the fight between them. Um, Bruce Leroy on the car. Julian Rosa, Drew Dober fighting against Bobby Green, who's always super fun to watch. Um, anything standing out for you that you want to mention? Uh, the Drew Dober, Bobby Green fight. Can't wait. I think that will be fight of the, that'll be the fight of the night. I, I guarantee it. Nice. I, I, I think those. Yeah, I'm super excited to see that fight. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good 
fights on the card and, and should be fun. Uh, nice way to, to uh, end the year. And uh, it's been a great uh, UFC um, year, 29 straight sellouts. And, and uh, yeah, uh, after that pandemic, they made it through. And uh, yeah, I think it's on the most solid footing it's been on for a really, really long time. Uh, super excited. Um, one last mention for me in the UFC is um, I've heard that uh, Aljamain Sterling and Henry Cejudo has been confirmed by the two of them. UFC didn't make an announcement yet, but they've gone on social media and said it's done and they're firing already a ton of stuff back and forth at each other. And this will be a really fun uh, battle between words as it uh, comes closer. Um, hopefully the UFC makes an announcement over the coming days on, on exactly what card it's going to be and uh, when we can uh, yeah, see these two guys battle. Uh, should That should be a hell of a fight to watch. That should be a heck of a fight, but it took them a long time to make this fight. I know Segudo's been banging the drum quite a bit to have a title fight right, right away, yeah. which didn't necessarily materialize right away. I, I always wonder, I'm like, why, why, what's the holdup there? Because yeah. he was a double champ. That has to count for something, right? True. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think he retired and it it sort of probably pissed the UFC off a little bit. Uh, I think he's been out of that USADA program for, you know, so long of a time. Um, you know, I think they needed to make sure that he was testing and, and getting in through that program and going to do it all. But um, yeah, it has been way too long since we've seen him and a lot of rumors that this fight might finally happen. But uh, yeah, I've as of uh, the last couple of days, it sounds like um, they've they've agreed and uh, it will go forward. Oh, that's good. That's good because I think that's going to be a very exciting fight. And uh, I'm going to say this. I don't think Sahudo is going to be coming into that fight like supremely injured. So I expect a good fight. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Combat sports, boxing news. Uh, lots of really big boxing news over the weekend. Uh, Terrence Bud Crawford got a big six-round KO. Uh, over David Avanasian. Uh, Bud improved to 39 and 0 with 30 KOs. Um, he wants to fight Errol Spence. Everybody wants him to fight Errol Spence, but did you hear Errol Spence got into a severe car accident on Saturday? Uh, what? Wait, another one? Yeah, another, another one because yeah. he, he got in one before 2019. Um, he got into a severe one that put him in the hospital. Yeah. This one. Hasn't been as serious for him. He said he has a something's wrong with his leg. Uh, but the uh, the details that came out that were really scary was he was hit head on by a car driven by a 14 year old that hadn't even got a license yet. This 14 year old stole his parents' car and went out joyriding and uh, ended up head on crashing with Spence and. Uh, this is the second car accident in three years that he's had to endure. Uh, let's hope he uh, is fairly unscathed and uh, this fight can be put together because we've been waiting for it for a few years. What kind of luck is that? Jesus. Like, like that's just, that is incredibly bad luck. Yeah. Just incredibly bad luck. I hope that he's not too injured and I hope that the fight can go forward. But wow, like having two major, major car accidents within the span of three years, 
that's incredibly bad luck. Yeah, man. The the, the pictures look brutal, and uh, you know, yeah, it was horrible. I, I'm I'm sad for him that uh, yeah, he would have had to had to encounter this kid that uh, was just out for joyride, having fun. Uh, not not a good not a good thing to happen. But uh, fingers crossed that um, he'll be able to resume his boxing career really soon. Um, the big, the biggest fight probably over the weekend was Teofimo Lopez getting a fight at MSG over Sandor Martin. Uh, Sandor dropped Lopez twice, but the referee messed up on one of them and didn't call it an actual knockdown. So uh, it went to the judges' scorecards. It ended up in a split decision victory for Teofimo, uh, who didn't really look that impressive. Uh, it was a brutal. Uh, refereeing screw up as well here. Uh, Sandor deserved this fight. Uh, I, I was shocked when I saw the judges' cards, and um, I don't know how the heck it went to, into a split decision. But um, I think Lopez realized, uh oh, maybe I don't have it. There was a a microphone that was close to the corner, and he was talking to his corner, and it sort of you overheard him say like. Um, are you sure, guys, that I still got it? Because I don't know. Did I even win this one? And uh, it seems like um, he better go back to the drawing board. Uh, he had a huge victory a couple years ago and, uh, you know, it was going to be the next one. But uh, this wasn't a very good performance on his part. Yeah, I, I heard about it. I saw the knockdowns. I saw the one that should have been scored a knockdown. Uh, that was egregious. Like that, you just stole that guy's victory away from him because that would have been a huge victory for him. Yeah. And uh, uh, again, judges, reference, you know, these guys, they got to get it right because this is a person's career on the line. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, Lopez is now in line to face the winner of the title fight, um, the WC super lightweight title fight, uh, Jose Ramirez and Regis Pro Proglas. Uh, we'll see what happens there and uh, see if they can. Um, make it happen lopez better go back and uh come back with a lot better effort though uh, it wasn't very good at all um manny pacquiao had a fight this weekend uh <laughs> i kind of was expecting that look on your face because uh when manny pacquiao was in his boxing career and he was having a fight we all knew about it we all knew it was coming and uh this was out of the blue Suddenly, Manny Pacquiao's fight this weekend. Oh, weird. Uh, this was a exhibition match. He's retired. Okay. This was yeah. an exhibition match against the YouTuber. Uh, oh. the guy's name is DKU. And um, when the uh fight reached its sixth round conclusion, they had six two-minute rounds. Uh, they said, and the winner is both of you. And they uh, put their hands up. Uh, they were happy that it went to the judges, but they didn't judge it. Um, there was two knockdowns in the fight, uh, one in the fourth and one in the sixth by Pacquiao. Uh, but, yeah, he's not the same old Manny Pacquiao. He shouldn't be fighting. Uh, he probably got quite a bit of money to beat up this YouTuber, but um, I was expecting to see a, a look of surprise on your face when i said he was fighting this weekend yeah like I, at first i was like what are you talking about like, why <laughs> yeah. like honestly it's like like why 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 is he fighting 
Why does he need any more money? Like he, he was in one of the most lucrative fights ever against Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Like he, he should be like fine, like forever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, boxers, they get so addicted to it. They can't uh, get they can't out of it. Uh, they retire. I think they're probably the c- career that retires the most and comes back and yeah. retire and come back, retire and come back. Um, he got on the microphone and said he wants to fight Floyd again. He also would like to fight Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. He said, hey, I could give him a test. Just give me a chance. I could give him a test. Uh, he's calling out those three guys. Um, he probably would have faded off into retirement if he won his president bid for the Philippines. He lost, and now he's like, oh, now what the heck am I going to do? Uh, he retired in just August of 2021. Um after he lost to your Dennis Ugas, uh, he's 43 years old, and hopefully, we don't see him much. I, I, these exhibitions, okay, maybe, but like, we don't want to see him fight Mayweather again. We don't want to see him fight Bud or or fight Spence. Uh, it's just, it's he's done. It's time to take to fade off and do something else. Yeah, it's time for him to ride off into the sunset because he deserves that. He's earned that. He's a future Hall of Famer. And also, too, let's be honest here, Errol Spence and Bud Crawford are looking at him going, yeah, no, we're not fighting you. No, do not do it. Um, Some sad news. Uh, Longtime referee Mills Lane passed away on Tuesday last week. He was 85. Uh, We all loved it when he got in there because he said, let's get it on. And uh, he was always super fun to watch in there um, with the combatants. Uh, his most famous fight was probably the Tyson Holyfield ear-biting night, and uh, he had to call it off after Tyson repeatedly chomped uh, part of Holyfield's ears off. And But, uh, you know, I can't even believe how many fights I've seen with Mills Lane in the ring. And, um, yeah, uh, one of those amazing decade-long referees that was such a, an incredible guy to – to have out there and just made you feel like it was a big fight if he was there. Yes, yes, iconic and uh he'll be he'll be he'll be sadly missed. Um but he 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 really brought out the excitement in the fight because he knew once if he was in that, he was a part of that, that's a big fight. Yeah. It's a big totally. fight. Um okay, turn to the NBA. Uh another um legend passed away this weekend yesterday. Well, we lost Paul Silas, 79 years old, three-time NBA champion. Uh, his son, Stephen, is the current coach of the Houston Rockets. Um, he had a really good uh, NBA career. He was always a defensive stalwart, named to the all-defensive team many, many, many times. Uh, won three titles, two with Boston and one with Seattle as a player. Uh, then he went on to coach. He was LeBron James' first coach in Cleveland. Um, He also coached the Clippers in San Diego before they moved to L.A. He coached the Charlotte Hornets before they moved to New Orleans. Then he went back to Charlotte and coached the Bobcats before they changed their name. And, um, yeah, he he was around the game for 40-something years. And uh, a lot of amazing tributes and nice words were sent out via social media over the weekend. Uh, his son was be taking a leave from the Rockets. John Lucas will serve as the interim head coach in the meantime as they uh, put him to rest. And um, 
Yeah, great guy from all accounts. I remember speaking to him over the years, and uh, this was a, a genius in the game and a guy that uh, everybody looked up to. Yeah, um, he, he, he meant so much to the game, and he gave so much to the game. He'll be sorely missed, um, and he, he, he helped mold a lot of the players that are now there playing now and have been there before and now retired. So he, he's definitely put his stamp on the NBA. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, yeah, he was great. Um, okay, uh, just a couple of things. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, uh, led the Philadelphia 76ers to a 2 and one record, um, had another 50-point game, and uh, averaged 43.3 points per game, 10 rebounds a game, uh, shot about 64% from the field, and uh, didn't score – less than 38 points over this past week. Um, yeah, just uh, really putting himself as a front runner again in that MVP conversation. He now sits first in the league in scoring and 13th in rebounds and um, dominating performances really lately. Yes, and especially even uh, yesterday against the Hornets. Like you said, 53 points, 12 rebounds. Like that's That's just huge. He's been having huge, huge numbers, huge yeah. numbers, and uh, leading uh, the 76ers. Yeah, that was his ninth such honor, nine times he was named the player of the week. That ties uh, some legends of the game, Dominique Wilkins, uh, Dikembe Mutombo, Chris Weber, and Jason Tatum all have nine players of the week. That's 17th on the all-time list, if you ever keep track of those things. Uh, Western Conference Player of the Week is Zion Williamson. Uh, he has led New Orleans to actually the number one seed in the West. Uh, okay. They have won seven games in a row, and um, he uh, has looked uh, phenomenal. Uh, Brandon Ingram has been out with a toe injury, and uh, Zion has taken over now. Um, this is the first Player of the Week honor. For him, uh, he averaged 33 points, eight rebounds, and four assists per game and shot about 70% from the field. Um, yeah, uh, really living up to that number one overall draft pick after some uh, tough years um, being injury prone. Um, yeah, he's the reason why uh, they are the number one seed. No, they, yeah, he's he's looking incredible. He's looking awesome. Um and uh, the team, the Pelicans as a team, are playing very, very well, very well. Yeah, they, they've they've put in a lot of amazing players there. And um, the other Eastern players that are nominated were Jared Allen, Demar Derozan, Buddy Heald, James Randall, and Franz Wagner. Uh, all good, incredible weeks. And the Western uh, players were Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, and John Morant. All superstars there. Uh, the Raptors, I watched the games over the weekend. They had back-to-back -back losses against the uh, woeful 6-20 uh, and 20 Orlando Magic coming into this weekend. Raptors uh, lost uh, both of them. Uh, Franz Wagner had 34 points, uh, and uh, Paolo Bancaro had 23, 6-4. Uh, looked really good on Friday. I was super impressed with him. And, um, yeah, the Raptors, I don't know what happened, but they lost back-to-back -back against the Magic, and the Magic are supposed to be one of the teams, worst teams in the league this year. And I don't know what happened to Toronto, but uh, those were not good losses. 
No, those were not good losses. Um, the, uh, their defense really failed them against the Magic. Uh, I thought that was their, definitely their weak point in both losses. Yeah. Um, OG Ananobi had, uh, missed this last game with a hip injury and possibly could miss a few games this week. Uh, the Raptors host all three games this week in Toronto. Uh, the Kings on Wednesday, the Nets on Friday, and the Warriors on Sunday. Um, they Speaking of the Warriors, that game yesterday was the uh, Golden State against Boston. No, sorry, that was on Saturday night. Um, that was the rematch of the final that uh, we just witnessed uh, back in June. Um, it was uh, super fun, gr- really, really fun game. Uh, Warriors really wanted to put a beating on them. They did. The Splash Brothers were both good on Saturday. Um uh, uh, Clay had 34 and Steph had 32. It's actually only the 14th time since those two guys have been together where both guys had more than 30 points on the same night, which is pretty bizarre. I didn't realize that that was a thing. Uh, most times one guy's going off and the other guy's not. Uh, all 14 times that's happened, they've won the game. But uh, this, uh, yeah, that was kind of a surprising stat that I noticed. Yeah, no, that that is quite surprising. But uh the great thing to see uh, that I've noticed so far with the Warriors is that Clay is beginning to come back. He's beginning to round back into the form that he had before all the crazy injuries that he suffered over the last couple of years. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, NBA was fun to watch over the weekend. I, I got to catch quite a few games. And um, NFL's, uh, you know, m- most of my focus, UFC, World Cup, all this stuff, but uh, NBA is still in full swing. And uh, we're heading into week nine already. I know. I know. It it, it it goes by so fast. And again, you know, like once uh, our Christmas break starts, the one thing that I always look forward to is watching those Christmas games with the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> so I look forward to that. I really yeah. do. Me too, man. Me too. Yeah, well, uh Fun podcast, uh, lots to cover. Um, it was great. Uh, yeah, man, uh, enjoy. I hope your week goes super fast. I hope you have some uh, fun things planned uh, to get together with some friends and family. And um, yeah, I guess uh, let's chat through the week as it goes along. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll keep in touch. And uh, I hope the same for you. And I hope your week goes as quickly as mine does, which is fast. Nice. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> cheers. All right. Have a good night. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Good night. Night. Okay. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I think we pulled in a little less than two hours. So (laughs) Uh, appreciate you sticking in. Love your support. As always, uh, go to our website, uh, support our partners and sponsors. Um, We've got anchor.fm, Verbero, Forever Living, and Pampas Impossibilities. Uh, All awesome things. You can get uh, to our website and get some products at discounted rates. Uh, thank you for your support uh, and um, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, keep tuned in uh, over the holidays. We're going to have a few extra podcasts and definitely in the new year, we're going to start uh, having them fast and furious in all sports. So um, yeah, keep tuned in. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family and love you lots. Take care of yourself. Bye for now.